Game uh, guys, why wasn't there a Wonder Woman video game? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's a real depressing way to start this show. Huh? I think the answer to that is fairly obvious. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the people who buy video games wouldn't have bought it and would have been mad that it wasn't. <laughs> and would have been mad that it wasn't a Batman video game. I mean, I, I am thinking though. It's like I mean, it, it, Wonder Woman came out a while ago, the first one. Why haven't we had a Wonder Woman video game until this point? I mean, probably because of, you know, the whole uh, women, women led things. People don't buy them. That's a trick. Actually, Wonder Woman's in Fortnite. So you guys actually. Oh, you're, fuck. You're, your eyes well, I guess we have to reexamine our biases. I guess we have to play Fortnite. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reconsult your texts. I guess in a certain sense, only Bennington is woke. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, I feared that for a long time. <laughs> it's the, the dark truth we've all refused to accept. Yeah. <laughs> We uh, really are living in the darkest timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to finish off this darkest timeline, folks, it's Game Boys. We're back and we're back with our annual breakdown of the greatest, uh, greatest gamer moments uh, of the year. And we're back, of course, uh, with Hunter Edwards um, to uh, to sort of commiserate and uh, sort of ring in this finale of a year. Hunter, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um mm. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Mm-hmm. Well, it has we'll been a crazy year. Uh, and, and a crazy year for games. Crazy year for games. Lots of mocap sex scenes, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I just think as gamers, we've become stronger and more uh, less affected by... Uh, really awkward looking sex scenes in video games. So I'm, I'm thinking we're, we're coming a long way. Mm-hmm. We've come a long way from mass effect to, uh, to cyberpunk. Literally every game has a sex scene in it. Now It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. Bug mm-hmm. snacks has a sex scene. in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's good. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. tasteful. Yeah, wow. that one's sort of a, food. <laughs> yeah. a, a snack is sort of shook <laughs> off the, the bedside table and then it fades. It fades out. Oh, uh, tasteful. When you say tasteful, you think God of War too. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's sort of what you mean. There, there has been a lot of mocap though, uh, mocap sex th- this year, um, because guys, movie, you know, games are movies now, uh, <laughs> and and games are the are the monoculture, and they should be uh, treated as such. So yeah, um, I'm just saying, let's start doing unsimulated. Let's um, go, let's go all the way. Yeah, let's get full uh, real life penetration. Because mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen genitals in AAA, but we haven't seen insertion that's true also i'm just going to tease this right now a lot of my answers to the various categories we have are about how games is not movies now and it's bad that people think they are incredible stuff fantastic incredible in this corner um well so we have compiled um a list of categories now there was the video game awards about a month or two ago and um you know, uh, I beg to differ on a lot of these categories. And so, and I didn't really even really think that the categories um, at the Video Game Awards really accurately described the year in terms of gamer culture um, and, and, and missed a lot of key moments. Um, so, um, you know, in previous years, we've done sort of a what were the top five, uh, you know, best games of the year? Boring shit. No, we're not doing that. We're breaking down culturally the biggest moments of the year. Um, and, and I think we should just get uh, get right right into it. Um, I wanted to start off uh, with a fun, a fun one, um, and, and that is game that should have never taken off. 
Now, there have been a lot of games that have blown up this year. Um, and um, I'm curious to see which one you guys thought was the most, I don't know, undeserving of the attention it got. And I'll start with Hunter. Cool. Well, I think the one game that I think should have never taken off was a little game that didn't even um, didn't even release in 2020. And that's a little mm. a little baby, tiny indie title called The Last of Us. <laughs> I don't think wow. The Last of the, Us should have taken one. off the first one because we all know <laughs> what happened next. Uh, <laughs> you sort of wish you had gone back in time and uh, prevented it. Yeah, I, I wish I could have. Uh, killed Hitler, yeah, and that would have stopped. Hunter's uh, answering this question in a super kill baby Hitler sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> baby Druckmann. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and why? And could you extrapolate on that? What do you think about the Last of Us franchise? Um, has done has made video games as a medium worse. Well, I think you've 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 said it quite clearly, Griffin. Um, video games are movies now. Um, mm-hmm. movies are video games. Uh, the two are forever entwined and feed off of each other in a weird symbiotic way where, um, Batman is doing the Dougie in Fortnite and, uh, every movie is expected to have some weird video game tie in at this point. Uh, I also just think that (laughs) we're, we're 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 losing our our we're losing we're losing our footing on the whole what is a video game actually mm. and yeah i don't think a video game is something that like i i think <laughs> i just wish we never would have given these nerds money like we're we're giving them too much money and now they think that these things are supposed to be taken seriously and i don't, i think they're supposed to be fun I think video games are supposed to be fun, but a fun, cool time isn't like watching story, like watching almost two movies equivalent of cutscenes and then sort of playing a game in between that. Right. Hmm. It's well, it's kind of like how movies kind of in a lot of ways have two main goals. One is to make a movie compelling enough that you watch it. And two is to like communicate some kind of idea. To some degree or another. And with video games, instead of the thing being make it compelling enough that you actually watch it, it's make it fun to play. Yeah. um, Or make it worth playing. And I think there are definitely there's like this thing where that is a secondary concern to a lot of people in terms of games to can this game make a point? Um, And then the question of can and how games make points uh, is something we can get to later, but is also one that is just like royally fucked. I just Hmm. think you 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 really can't escape the press X to mourn your dead friend like scenario in all video games. Like even when they're trying not to, it's like, I don't know there. I just, ah. no, I mean, I think you're making, a, a, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I, well, let me speak because I looked at the timeline and I haven't spoken in a second and I will say that <laughs> that's right. This uh, is your podcast. I forgot. I, I will say that, you know, I, well, while, you know, Last of Us 2 might be more movie than game, it certainly is not 
what every game is made like and there should be a variety of different games uh and so like if you don't like a game that is more story and cinematic focused then you don't have to play it but i certainly would disagree with the notion that every game is turning into the last of us too i mean in a year where like battle royales have taken over where there's no cinematics um and, and plenty of other games in between that are more focused on gameplay like this idea that because last of us 2 is cinematic focused which i agree with uh that doesn't make it a bad thing games can be all sorts of different things right um, and i would also say that like um you know the reason that last of us 2 is different is because it does focus on characters um as opposed to like players doing action as much um, I think that and that's, that's good i think that that's kind of missing the point of the argument though right the argument isn't that all games are last of us 2 and that's bad yeah. but sort of the critical thing here is that like the Last of Us 2 and The Last of Us Original and other games have embodied like a new way of talking about what games do and are for um, and a way of evaluating games that is stupid and bad. Yeah, I hmm. just I, I I'm yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's, I don't it's think- like they want to it. I, I get the messaging that like violence is bad, like or like humanity is cruel, but there is. <laughs> There's better ways to and also like that's what GTA has been trying to do since like the beginning of time is explain to you that like people are bad people. They just do it in a video game story sense where like you have to like take a dude to a hot dog factory to turn him into a hot dog and then (laughs) feed him to an entire mob like just because, you know, Last (laughs) of Us 2 has like a very HBO take on like why violence is bad. That doesn't mean you're not like pulling the right trigger to like throw a grenade into three people <laughs> like and you know like, that's hacking right. limbs off and shit like it, it's still a very it's still very much a video game at the end of the day and it can't as much as it doesn't want to be a video game it still is a video game yeah and with last of us 2 in particular it's it's frustrating because the game presented itself as very smart and like we'll talk we'll talk about neil Druckmann. <laughs> But he's a category for him. Yes, <laughs> Neil Druckmann category. There's a couple, there, there were a couple actually. Um, but like, there's this discourse around this game being like really smart, and intelligent, and challenging. But like, this game makes effectively the same argument as Danganronpa three, but like way stupider and not as fun. <laughs> hmm. um, and like, I, to me, I don't think. And this is kind of an arbitrary bar, but I don't think you get to act like the literary geniuses of video games if your game is less intelligent than Danganronpa 3, right? Hmm, like, yeah. I, I think because, that that's a reasonable bar. And Danganronpa 3 is never like, we're a genius game. It's like a fun mystery. Yeah. Um, but it yeah, ends up implicating yeah, stuff to see. But, no but much- again, The Last of Us reaches um, which reaches heights in other ways that Dongan definitely doesn't and also reaches a larger audience as well. So it's like if you're arguing about the difference between a cult indie hit and a blockbuster, then like, again, you guys are confused about genre. You no, know, because uh, I don't and, think and it reaches a large audience either, because like I'm not I don't want my kid playing that fucking game. Are you serious? Like. Yeah, it's it's not it, for I mean, kids. It's, it's an it's, M, I mean, it's an M-rated game, it's an M-rated but game. it also, but but most games are basically M at this point. And if you are arguing that Last of Us Two like isn't like more wide-reaching than Danganronpa, no, I mean, uh, no one's making it, like no one said literally no one except for you said that. The argument mm-hmm. is that the question isn't is it more wide-reaching or is it more like ambitious in a technical sense it's like how effective is it at like artistically executing what it's trying to do yeah given how so much of the discourse surrounding it discourse put out by its own creators is about how profoundly effective it is at that 
Um, and when a game like Danganronpa 3, which is like a small indie, is better at executing those ideas than this AAA game that's like jacking off like it's fucking like J.D. Salinger, like that yeah. is it doesn't it doesn't jive for me. Right. If that becomes that it's it's created a very annoying discourse. I think The Last of Us 2 is pretty fun and a fine game, but I think a lot of the shit surrounding it has made gaming discourse and like the like thinking about games worse. Mm, so you are reacting to the response to it, not the game itself and judging the game by the merits of the reception. Well, and judging the game by its own like artistic execution, right? Like that's the thing, right? There's these are connected things. The game's artistic yeah. execution is not as good as it thinks it is or as the way the people defending it are are characterizing it as. Their defense of it comes from this like really insane investment that in terms of like what makes a smart game and what makes an artful game uh, versus and as opposed to what makes a good game. Right. Those are two different discussions. Uh, I mean, to, to me, it's as to me, it's as insightful as Face Off or Mad Max <laughs> or any of these other types of games. And it, people are just, I think, triggered because people uh i don't know like like that I, it but, just seems it just seems like when y- you guys are reacting to a blockbuster movie um and you can't react to it in the same way that no, you react to an indie hit that's and, bullshit and- though that's bullshit in the world <laughs> that's bullshit in the world where the blockbuster movie comes out and is like i want to be intellectually scrutinized because i'm very smart yeah right <laughs> that's, that's, that argument you're making is dog shit in the context where that's what happens, right? Like, yeah, you're totally right that in a world where the game just came out and all this language around it emerged organically from like the text of the game, then I think you're, what you're saying would make sense, but it's not what happened, right? So Even, you're arguing the marketing did this game the, wrong? No, like, the, who whose fault is this then? It's, it's the, the game. It's, it's the, not the it's, game's fault. It's the game's fault because the game <laughs> is aspiring to be intellectually ambitious, failing pretty obviously where um, does it say that i am aspiring to be intellectually ambitious I mean, i'd like to know where, where you're getting that from because that's from, all implied you're I putting mean, that on the game I mean, that's not true if you make a game that has like these like really cinematically intense cutscenes and long discussions about the nature of violence caked in these like conversations about identity that are radically different by the game's own designer's admission from the way other games are commonly designed you're clearly making an intellectual and conceptual gesture like that's clearly cake baked in there um, <laughs> no, it's it's a simple revenge story. It's but very it, very but simple. But it's not like it. Sure, that's in a zoomed out way. Yeah, but a simple revenge story doesn't need super long cutscenes where people like mournfully discuss the stakes of their world. Like that's also a choice. Like you're totally right that on a zoomed out like basic beat by beat thing, it's totally a simple revenge story. But it's a totally simple revenge story peppered with conversations that clearly are like think about this, um, mm. and doesn't have the like juice underneath to carry a think about this kind of thing. And then all of that is made infinitely worse by the fact that before it came out, everyone had already decided that it had the intellectual juice. Um, yeah. So and got again, super you're, again, you're blaming the you're blaming the reception. No, anyways. Again, again you're you're <laughs> mentioning it. You're only listening you're the to the mentioning last it. Oh, all the people only, expected it. You're responding all the people only to expected the last it to be this way. So it's bad. Right? I said there's this oh, whole actually, problem. I can't respond to your argument. You're I right. said there was a right. whole I, problem I, built into the game. <laughs> proceeded to outline the problem, then said, and this problem is made worse 
by this other thing. I'm not blaming the other thing. The problem is the problem. The other thing okay. made the problem even worse. <laughs> so if you're a big budget movie, do not have any cinematics trying to flesh out the themes of what you're going for. Make it stupid and simple because you're not allowed to talk about anything no, just do a smarter good job than that. No, no, you're just not allowed to. That's, no, that's the thing. Griffin, you're, you're being not, a little whiny baby about this game right now. All I'm saying not, is that they should do a better job. I just want to let you know you're not an indie JRPG. You're not allowed to think about this kind of stuff, okay? Because you're too big. I can't believe what a little baby you're making about this game. It's like, I'm not saying big budget games shouldn't try to be smart. I'm saying that they should be good at it. Okay. Anyways, um, my real answer is Hades uh, for the game that should have never taken off because I don't get it. Oh, man. We're going to have a fight about that in a little bit. Let's when we go. get to a different category. Hades, Hades is fine. I'm trying to antagonize everybody today. I mean, yeah, look, let's do it. Let's, you know, it's a game of the year. What, what, uh, what else? Let's All do right. it. Hades is fine. I agree. All right. We're going to, we'll, we'll revisit this. Uh, oh my god because i love that game oh wait so we're, we're gonna revisit it wait wait he has to explain right now because he said last of us one and then he said hades no that was a joke it's yeah. the last of us one <laughs> yeah okay all right all right games that should have never taken off lux what's your pick uh, mine is is sort of similar but but different mine is up the resurgence of pokemon go i think it's bullshit wow. wait I think did it's, it even come back oh big time people are playing it a lot in quarantine Oh, it, it has had like user upticks and bullshit because they've taken the go out of it. Oh, uh, <laughs> you so can it's just, just Pokemon. Like, you can just like do weird like touchscreen Pokemon battles online and like do weird training things. And like it's just become like a sort of normal mobile game situation in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, there's mm. still like some go, but the go doesn't really matter like it did before. And I just think it's so stupid and it feels like such a like desperate attempt to like remember this game that you played outside you can't go outside anymore but you can still play the game um and i just i was never like pokemon go like wowed me for a little bit but then i kind of fell off of it and i've never really understood the allure of like the newer stuff they've added mm -hmm. yeah and this takeoff this like quarantine takeoff is like it's has yeah. none of the stuff i did mm -hmm. like only the stuff i think is stupid and people seem to be really into it and it i don't get it listen i agree pokemon go showed its internalized misogyny when <laughs> it chose to not make Hillary president. Oh, but then the God. second that a man is running for president, uh -huh. all of a sudden everyone is Pokemon going to Biden. Um, <laughs> and I think that I think that that sort of internalized misogyny is wow. I just want that. I just let that sink in is all I have to say. Wow. You know, I never really thought about it that way before. You're telling mm -hmm. me right now that Pokemon go led to a Biden victory in the box or uh, in the polls. Yeah. A smashing victory. Wow. <laughs> um, well, tough to argue with that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot. I don't really have to follow yeah. that one up. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon go sucks. Um, it's, it's, uh, well, let's do Pokemon inside. I want the Pokemon to be like in my bathtub. Yeah. The next one should be called Pokemon living room or bedroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those, are the two, those are the two things you get to choose. And you play as a very small man. Or, or Poke it's called Pokemon window and you can peer through your blinds at every one of the Pokemon outside. It's just like super duper widescreen where it's like a quarter of your screen. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So guys. Now, this is going to be a spicy episode for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And the fact that we barely got through one category and we're at 20 minutes. Um, but I want to say the game that I think should have never taken off in 2020 is Among Us. Um, oh. Among Us just sucks. It was fun for a week. And then 
basically the combination of its popularity on Twitch and sort of its accessibility for non-gamers to play, um, you know, brought it to a success where it has gone on way, 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 way longer than it should have. I mean, listen, like, it is not fun to watch streamers play it for six hours. And, and it is just like not fun to play with your friends after a certain point, because basically you, pl- you you go into a lobby, someone dies, everyone goes into the room to decide who it was. No one listens to each other. And then people just randomly vote and you move on. There's like there isn't as much strategy or communication as the game implies. Um, and it's just you have to listen to like 10 people with shitty mics talking over each other. It's it's one of been it's been one of my least favorite multiplayer experiences of the year. And and, and I oh my computer just went to sleep. My computer hates this take. I mean, you're still here. <laughs> okay. My computer hated that take. Microsoft um, yeah, wants to know that, your location. That, that's kind of where, where I'm at with it. Like I thought it was, I think it succeeded because it was incredibly accessible for people to play, but uh, it just really does not have the meat of a multiplayer game that I want to keep coming back to. Right. I mean, it's, it's, they took sort of like the, the sort of beginner level tabletop board game slash party game. Right. Which is like werewolf mafia, Avalon, whatever. And Mm -hmm. made it a video game thing. And I think part of why it took off so hard is that like people love those kind of games in person. And it just became like a a, another one of the many weird surrogate replacements for like human contact that we have. Well, Um, yeah, I mean, I think but I think that's one. I'm going to push back against this take because I think that's what the great thing about the game is, is that because it was so accessible. Right. Like you could get you could. I, I mean, I was playing with people that I've like who are like definitely against playing video games, like hate playing video games, but we'll play this thing because, you know, quarantine for sure sucks, but it is incredibly accessible. Like you can play it on your computer, you can play it on your phone and it doesn't hamper the quality in any direction because it's a very, very simple game. And yeah, because it's a simple game, like you can just play it with anyone and it felt like everyone for a very long time was playing it. And I think that's and, and still are playing it. Yeah, but people yeah, are still I mean, playing Flappy it. Bird is accessible too. That doesn't mean it should be a game that everyone plays all the time. And so like it's I, I know it's accessible. And I guess I'm reacting less to like the game and more to like it's the game's longevity that it's like still being streamed and played. It's just not, it's just not content that I personally uh, enjoy. And I, and I hope that we find um, games that are not just accessible, but also fun and meteor. Right. Um, anyways, that was a game that never should have taken off guys. Let's go to the next one. What was the dumbest story in a video game this year? And of course, this time we'll start with Lux. Oh, wait. Okay. Wait, can we start with you, Griffin? I misunderstood what this question was. I thought this was the dumbest story kind of in video game world. Oh, you can do that too, if you want. Okay. Um, but, uh, but we'll try to think of an answer for this as well. Okay. Um, um well, I'll give you, I'll give you the initial answer I had and I'll try and think of something while I, while I explain this. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, the dumbest story that's that cycled around is the sort of 4chan theory that's uh, SJWs infiltrated Project Red and sabotaged Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's the stupidest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, and I love it. 
Um, it's yeah. so, there's like I've seen several posts that are basically like, how do they do it? That like it's there's not there's not even like <laughs> they, they can't dis- keep getting away with this. It's not even like a discussion of here's what they did. It's like already assumed that they've done it and they've gotten away with it. The only question is how? How did this happen? How did we allow it? And it's so funny. Um, uh, it is like. It is one of the dumbest stories in the world, and it's it has gotten, you know, the standard like Reddit posty coverage. It's not like a real, real story, but just like that, 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 that exists at all is a f- an absolute fucking mind bender. Right. I mean, watching eight, watching like XQC uh, stream cyberpunk and like accidentally have gay sex to his own horror uh, is is hilarious um, and, and very funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. People that's, that's like, so that's like a level of, cause this was, this was, and I'm sure that we'll circle back this in more serious ways later, but this was like the year of video game discourse. Mm-hmm. Like this was the uh, year where like streamers started to matter and video game discourse started to intersect with broader pop culture discourse in a much more real way. Yes. Um, and like, thank you, Chim Room. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's honestly <laughs> all because of the Chim Room. Um, <laughs> so and so say. like you, it's you start to see these things where like the these kind of stories are just going to continually emerge as they become more yeah. and more the intersection of like all these different culture war shenanigans. Um, and it's fucking it's very fucking the difference, silly. though, that's really interesting is that movies and TV have like, you know, um, pretty much. I would say unanimously, you know, embraced a lot of um, a, a lot of new sort of like woke culture points. I mean, if you look at like, if you watch Wonder Woman 1984, it's like Twitter thread copy pasta. Mm-hmm. Like it like makes no sense. Um, but like gaming seems to like not not fully embrace it in the same way like it isn't being embraced from the top but like these sort of roving bands of toxic posters are are, are really struggling with it um in in a way that it, it seems like the the marvel fanboys have completely accepted the, the idea that like you know there should be like a black panther 2 and like you know thor should be a woman next time and like all this stuff um but it seems like gamers are still there's a lot more friction there yeah i i think that that's true i think that it's sort of like there is a weird uh the there's a weird sort of mythology of ownership for like shitty white dudes in gaming i think than there is in other genres yeah, because for uh, a while they were the uh, the uh, uh, the oppressed culture or the minority cultural consumer, right? They were consuming a type of media that no one else did except for like largely their type of group. Um, yeah. And now that it is gone mainstream, like they're they're you know they are losing control and sort of yeah like ownership of of their of their media. Yeah, and so like this is kind of their last stand. This has happened with everything else. Where like oh, everyone realized like people of color and women can make and be in movies and TV and actually that's okay mm-hmm. um and and sort of culture has shifted in that overton window has moved thank you big mouth <laughs> um God, you're nailing it with uh with all of the uh with with you know just all of touch, understanding where things songs. came from sort of the origins of things <laughs> origin stories yeah origin you're kind stories. of nailing that respect but yeah it's it just it's it's i don't know everything's just kind of folded on itself in this way that has become Mm-hmm. Okay. inscrutable so um then hunter what was your dumbest video game story um 
I had it written down and I cannot find it right now. So give me two seconds. Okay. Well, then I will go. go I'm talking go. about d- dumbest narrative gamer story. Okay. Yeah. And for me, I thought a lot about this. I thought a lot about the Call of Duty, um, uh, Black Ops, uh, the Cod Blop story. Um, and, and, but no, I think there was something slightly dumber. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. I think Ghost of Tsushima had the worst story, the dumbest story in gaming this year. Um, there was sort of some heat for us, even on this podcast, about Ghost of Tsushima when we played it. And just the more that I think about the game after, like the thinner and thinner it becomes. Um, there was, for an open world game, there was not one memorable side character or quest. It was all incredibly, incredibly generic. Um, every single side person you met, was their story was that their apprentice betrayed them and that you had to track down their evil apprentice um and none of it really felt like it mattered that you cared about any of these characters sure the combat was fun but you find yourself ending up in just copy pasted villages with the same types of enemies for you know 25 30 hours Uh, and so for me it failed not only structurally as an open world game but also just failed to make me care ever about the story um and, and and on top of that it had this insanely confounding conflict where the game forces you to do stealth missions and then all the characters shame you for doing it. And it's like, it's one of those examples where it's like you're shamed for the way the game forces you to play it. And like, it just, that was not a fun narrative for me to experience at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I kind of agree. I think the first act I think has, is all the stories feel really fun, but then the problem is they don't really go anywhere. (laughs) They flatlines um, majorly. Kinda, yeah, especially to the extent that like the first act all about like rescuing your uncle and then your second act also becomes about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I think about like cyberpunk, like, you know, for all of its flaws, there are characters that I, that I come back to and that I care about in that game. At the end of the day, that is the most important thing when doing like a narrative open world RPG. That's the most important thing. Like, I don't care if the cars are broken. Like if there are characters that I want to experience again, I will come back to the game. I will never, ever play Tsushima again. Yeah, I think that that's that that's fair. Um Okay. I Anyone I, else got a dumb story? Uh, uh sure. <laughs> uh, I I mean, I feel like people forgot this game even came out, even though people bought it. Marvel's Avengers. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please tell me how this is a good story. No, no, you tell me why it's bad. <laughs> okay, great. The tables have turned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love a game where I start out as a fan of the Marvel Universe inside the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe, and I mm-hmm. uh, am essentially just playing at a convention. Set. Like, I'm, wow, I get to play a person that's at Comic-Con. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> Comic-Con Simulator. Comic-Con Simulator 2002. <laughs> uh, and uh, on top of that, like, the writing for it's really bad. It felt like they just ham like, Oh, it's, it's the same problem with a bunch of like Marvel property writing right now. It's like, Oh, fucking geeks will love it. If we name drop this thing, but don't introduce it. Um, or Mm -hmm. like, Oh, people fucking love, uh, taskmaster. There's like five people I know that even, fucking know, know who, who taskmaster is. Yeah. is yeah yeah um and, and but your taskmaster is from miles morales by the way uh 
Taskmaster is a, a very wait from Miles Morales. What are you talking about? In, is, isn't oh that's the tinkerer my bad my bad, my uh, bad. sorry I'm, I'm getting it all it, they don't deserve to be considered separate <laughs> things I'm, I'm mixing them all together but like at the same time they don't they didn't release the entire story you have to like yeah. wait for the rest of the story to come out well you have to wait for the game to be cancelled and then for the, the developers to tweet thread <laughs> to what the story what, was going to be yeah. much like a Marvel comic you have to wait for the run to be stopped and then for the writer to tell you how the story ends Hunter is 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 sort of orbiting around an incredibly poignant take that I have felt about much of the superhero uh, video game genre, which is that, you know, they are much more comfortable in hinting at lore and villains than actually creating them in the game for you to play against. And the same problem happens in the both of the Spider-Man games, including like the new one, Miles Morales, is that there are all these hints and all these gestures at villains and 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 Spider-Man lore or Marvel. Avengers lore and what are you left to do in the game but fight thug after thug after robot after robot and barely ever get to experience the real content like do you think that like Spider-Man would would have been a comic that took off if Spider-Man like only fought cat burglars and like 7-Eleven robberies like no that would have been an incredibly incredibly boring superhero it's he is his stuff is filled with villains so when you take all that out and you just leave this like really pretty graphically premium feeling game where you're just sort of fighting through the same enemies yeah it's a major missed opportunity right actually that that hit something very funny that I hadn't thought of until right now which is that like original Spider-Man original these heroes were just fighting cat burglars and like robbers like in like the 40s and 50s and stuff but that's the thing is that like this game came out in 2020 you know um, and so those superheroes now do in the stories you read about them and see in movies only fight super crazy super monster things and so it's weird that now we have like the highest tech way to represent these superheroes mm-hmm. and tell their stories and we're telling a lot of the same stories that were like in the original Spider-Mans it's because they're, they're literally like I think they're scared it, do mechanic do boss mechanics cost that much to make it's crazy it's just like put 15 of the villains in give them some mechanics and go to town it's just it's like really basic stuff that I find that we're like missing as we continue to excel on like frame rates and graphical fidelity. Like we are like, we are losing some of like the core tenets of like what makes a game fun. Um, and yeah, so, you know, Hunter, excellent pick. Uh, and Lux, you got to go real <laughs> quick with this one. Do you yeah. have a real video game story narrative that you think um, was dumb this year? Yeah. I mean, there've been a few, I think the one that I would jump into immediately is just a lot of the, I've really been enjoying heroes of, uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel Volume 3 but the side quests are incoherent and fucking stupid as hell um, there's one where you had to go around a city for about 15 minutes to track down a bird and another one where you had to do the exact same thing for about as long to track down a kid and it's like it, it's it been very frustrating to play a 100 hour JRPG that like doesn't make the best use of its time mm-hmm. and asks me to do shit like that like I'm willing to put in 100 hours to play a JRPG of the story I like which this is but the side quests are all so awful and add nothing to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. All okay. Right. That's fair. Um, okay. For the next category, folks, uh, we are going to be talking about the greatest disappointment. Now, this is a game um, um, that you were incredibly excited about that ended up not turning out the way that you thought. Um, hmm. You want to go first on this one? Because you haven't gone first yet. Yeah. G-Man. G- oh me G- oh man. sure um okay yeah um 
so my greatest disappointment um, by far is that there was no Joe Biden video game this year. It was my number <laughs> one prediction. I was predicting that there would be a Joe Biden <laughs> VR game by the end of 2020, and there was nothing. Gone are the days of jib jab, flash cartoons and games, um, parodying and satirizing our American national electoral process. Um, and I got to admit, it did feel hollow. I mean, even in 2016, you know, there was some flash games with like Hillary's head photoshopped on it. Um, and it just seems to me that it's like we got an Andrew Yang game this year, but I really, really wanted a Joe Biden video game. Fingers crossed for 2021. Um, but this it was it was sad. It, it was it was, again, a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> what else is there to say, really? You know. I mean, I'm um, I'm speechless. Uh, it must be very hard for you in a year when the when the Davis prediction system has been mostly accurate, uh, at least like, <laughs> or at least can be spun to have been mostly accurate. I was um, I was I was wish casting on it, but yeah, yeah I was. But yeah, you you, know, you, you, you got pretty close with some stuff, uh, and then to have this sort of flagship prediction just sort of mm -hmm. hit the iceberg must must be pretty brutal. <laughs> It's sort of I'm sort of I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot like a Nate Silver right now. You know, oh my he, God. he he got the he got the, uh, you know, the Obama years right. And then he's just been wrong ever since. I, yeah. I hope I, I hope I don't have the, the same. The uh, final the final cyberpunk delay was your 2012 election. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was tough stuff. Um, but uh, OK, moving on, guys, why don't we do one that is um, well, we a little to, more fun? We still have to do this one. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Okay, you, you guys go. Mine will be quick. Uh, it's the same as Hunter's uh, War Story. It's Marvel's Avengers. Uh, hmm. I was so ready for this game to be not necessarily good, but just a really fun co-op game. Um, I encouraged Griffin to get it. Well, Griffin, I encouraged each other to get it. I encouraged my friend Josh to get it and some other people. And it was just a huge fucking letdown. Like, I thought hmm. it would be like a really easy entry level shoot em up friend game. Cause that's sort of like what it was marketed as like destiny toned down a little bit with superheroes. Uh, and it just like, wasn't fun. Yeah. Uh, but, but it wasn't fun on a story level. No, this is my biggest disappointment is it just wasn't fun to play like fun co-op. I just feel okay. like it looked and, and which, and is this your greatest disappointment? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I was yeah, very yeah. hyped for Marvel's Avengers and I was very, and then very disappointed that it just like didn't really do any of the stuff that I was. It's, hoping a, it's it a good be. point. We are so we are so hungry for more multiplayer stuff with our friends that like at any time it's even suggested we we put a lot of hope and dreams into that. Yeah, yeah. and it just fully ate shit in that respect, and it's, it made me sad. Mm -hmm. Okay, Hunter, greatest disappointment. Uh, I'm gonna keep it short and brief. Uh, can't pick one disappointment, but I'd just like to tell the video game industry in general, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, very, very disappointed. <laughs> You know, the video game industry is sneaking home late at night and a hunter turns on the lamp and mm. he's in his robe with a newspaper. <laughs> My in the shower chair. cap, yes. <laughs> he's like wearing a shower cap. Where have you been? Mm hmm. Yeah. Where my where my industry gone? Um, OK. Yeah. The whole industry. A disappointment. For now. sure. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, uh, coming up, an, a fun, a fun last minute ad category. Uh, Hunter wanted to know who had the fattest ass. No, and okay, who had you, no, the you can't just say, dog. No, I didn't. That was a joke. But I am curious as to what you guys say. Uh, who do you guys <laughs> think has the fattest ass and hugest dong? Lux, you can go first. Um, I think one th one thing, and I haven't played a lot of not games or things aren't cartoons, so this is a tough one for me. But mm -hmm. I think that Evelyn Parker and cyberpunk is rendered with a big old, butt. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they give her an absolute dump truck. Yeah. Um, so she's my winner there. Um, mostly because there wasn't like a Metal Gear game this year. Um, <laughs> and uh, didn't Gears Five wasn't didn't Gears Five come out this year? No, Gears Five was I think 2019, right? Oh no. Um, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I think biggest dong. Um, man, that's tough. Uh, that's, that's a pretty hard one. I might, I might, it might just have to always and forever just be doom guy. Okay. Um, just like, I don't know. I feel like that's always a fair position to take. Well, you came up with it just on now on the spot. Okay. Well, obviously easy for me, fattest ass, that big old boss from demon souls, the first (laughs) guy you meet. Um, and then huge, huge dong crash bandicoot. He's back crash bandicoot Four, huge dong. Cool. Uh, Hunter, your turn. Uh, yeah. Fattest ass Sylvanas Windrunner and nice. Hugest dong. I don't know. I guess funky Kong. Uh, I can't really think <laughs> of anybody else. Yeah. 20 years running in a row. <laughs> yeah. when he, he wins it again. <laughs> he wins it again. Um, he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Then um, okay. All right. Let, let's get to something a little bit meatier. Something. Uh, something a little, a little bit, um, and still positive. Uh, guys, best song. What was the best song you best heard in a song. video game this year? And you know, I, I'll accept soundtrack too. But if you can, if you can think of a specific song itself um, that won the year. Um. I mean, yeah. I'll, I mean, mine is mine is a real nostalgia choice, and it's a really for me answer, but the the recompositions of the final fantasy 7 combat theme hell yeah in the remake uh definitely the winner for me it was instantly got so hype Mm -hmm. not a single combat that i wasn't extremely into instantly from the music right um was so fun gave me like all those memories like being a kid playing that game like jumping around while i was like waiting between for like ats bars to fail and shit Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. It sounded great. It was a cool, like, it wasn't just the same song. It was just enough of the old song to bring back all the memories with a lot of, like, new mix and new instrumentation. Yeah. Um, I loved it. It that, sounded so good. Yeah. That was that was my answer for sure. That was the easiest question, I think, on this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those songs were a big part of that game. Um, Hunter? Uh, the Doom Eternal soundtrack. Uh, Mick Gordon... Hey, he he did it again. He made another really good soundtrack for a Doom video game. And honestly, it's beginning to feel like uh, you're just buying the Mick Gordon album and you're getting a fun video game on top of it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, just insane, uh, insanely good score. It's, is it like orchestral stuff? No, it's Doom. like, it's so, it's it's weird. It's like, it's industrial rock and just like <laughs> just very loud harsh sounds constantly but it really mm-hmm. does like it, it gets you juiced like you just like when you hear it you're like fuck just let me shoot something with a shotgun this is great yeah um, awesome always a good time very yeah. cool 
Um, and uh, for me, guys, it's it, this was an easy one as well. I forgot about the Final Fantasy music. That would have been a close second for me. But of course, for me, obviously, video game song of the year is without a doubt. It's Bug Snacks by Caro Caro Benito. Oh, man. Um, it is quite an earworm. I mean, when you hear that track, you can't not get hype. It perfectly encapsulates the vibe of what you're stepping into. Um, and yeah, it's like song of the summer and I'm still listening to it to this day. Um, you know, it, it, on top of it, Bugsnacks being an incredible game, an incredible artist like Carol Carol Benito sort of becoming the trailer music. I hope we see a lot more of this from artists in the future. You know, I really would like for artists to create sort of in the way that Will Smith created raps for his movies. I would like, um, you know, musicians to start creating the song for a game. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were so a fantastic choice for that in yes. the first place. So, mm -hmm. and Caro Caro Benito in general is a, is it's a great fan. Go listen to them. They're great. Um, but yeah, that was mine right there. Okay. So that was positive. Let's get into a negative one. Folks, <laughs> oh. Back into the, the negative. <laughs> who was the worst streamer I of 2020? Man, I don't fucking know. Why are you asking me questions like this? <laughs> you, why? What are you, what are you, are you worried about your Twitch career? Yes. <laughs> if I say Pokimane, what'll happen? Uh, I don't know. It was, it, was when, it was when Pokimane did boyfriend reveal. I agree. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, worst streamer. And that can mean all sorts of things, you know? I mean... It can be anything. I guess worst streamer would have to, in my corner, would have to once again go to Wolf Blitzer. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He, you know, he. Just dog shit at what he does, to be honest. <laughs> he's, he, he's so bad. Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer, check your corners. Fucking kill, fucking kill him. Um, <laughs> Lux, what about you? My answer is uh, two, a two-part answer. My My true answer is. I'm not ready to answer this question yet because this year is the first year where this is like a reasonable question to ask because streamers yeah. have become pertinent. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just not ready to like accept that that's the world we live in. <laughs> like, I think by next year I'll be able to do it. Cause I'll have had enough time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But right now I, I don't, I like, I just can't bring my, like wrap my head around the kind of media landscape that has to exist to make me take this question seriously, even though I understand that it is real. Just say, uh, just say XQC and we'll move on. Well, well, well no, <laughs> then, and then, but I do have an award for the worst single stream, which was when I watched Hunter and Frankie play 40 K for three hours on Twitch. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> no, that's, was, that's awesome. Advertising. You, you guys you. were great. You guys were great, but it taught me a lesson, a very important <laughs> lesson. Cause I'd always wondered about watching people play tabletop games on Twitch Mm. at all ever yeah um and that made me realize i don't wonder about it anymore yeah and well you should definitely watch two guys who have definitely played the game before and are not spending long strands of time uh fucking just looking at a rules book and not saying anything that <laughs> yeah. is a very uninteresting scene. i did yeah i will banter, give that to you the bantering parts were fun i liked the parts where i was hanging out with my friends the parts where it was just like now can this thing fly over a building sure 
<laughs> I think I think if we understood the game more, it would be more engaging. But fair enough. I mean, we I, truly was, just do not know how to play. It was it. also like the most stream that stuck with me this whole year. So it's not like an exclusively bad thing. It was just a crazy right. thing that I saw. Okay, well, this yeah. was the worst streamer category. Right, well, then I gave a, I gave a serious answer, and <laughs> I want to shout out the special moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, guys. Well, for me, you know, this one, I'm probably, you know, I, I, I probably watched the mo- mo- the most Twitch streamers out of the three of us, and you know, I, the obvious answer would be, you know, the guy that we covered last week, Destiny. Um, but you know, there's some other ones going around my head. I mean, I, I certainly think the Pack Theater Twitch has been one of the worst streamers um, <laughs> by far. I mean, we are eight months into a pandemic, and like no one has bought a mic still. I I mean, there's like $25 USB mics and people are still using their built-in laptop mic. I've checked into the streams and most of them are still out of sync from the voice and the visual. It is a level of like lazy shit posting uh, that I've never seen before. So that's up there. Uh, There's this guy named Shaddy Fatty who does politics in the morning. Uh, He had a a Comedy Central show. He was pretty dog shit and garbage um, and just has just probably the worst fucking takes like complains about uh aoc streaming on twitch uh he's just he's awful too but i I honestly i'm gonna say though i think that the worst streamer might be aoc because she's only playing among us play some real (laughs) games aoc course correct now yeah, how about a Green New Deal for a fucking PlayStation 5 for you, AOC? How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. AOC um, plays God of War 3 or something. I don't know. But let's let's get on to uh, a category that I'm very curious about both of you have. Um, something that you guys might have a little more opinions on than me, and that, of course, is sexiest moment. I'm still reeling from how many bridges you just burned right now. Uh, oh, no. Wait, you mean all the pack people who definitely talk to me still? Yeah, they definitely haven't like muted or blocked me at this point. There's yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of positive feelings about me. Pull the plug on him. Pull, pull the plug on him. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Griffin goes off. This is yeah, great for no, me. It's yeah, great. It's no, not. Yeah. It's not like they didn't hate me when I was popular there either. Damn, dude. Fuck. Dude, he's this coming. is just. This is exactly how Mean Girls goes. By the mm-hmm. way, I'm, I'm pulling out the burn book about oh, a place fuck. that none of our listeners know about. Uh, Griffin's coming. Fucking blades out. Uh, okay, so I took this. I video games being sexy is like a thing they have yet to really achieve for me in a meaningful way. Um, so I took this as moment with most sex, uh, of video mm, games yeah. for me this year. And that sure, was when I logged into fantasy star online in the middle of what must've <laughs> just been like a sex party contest in the main Hell square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just dozens and dozens of avatars doing this sexy dance emote scantily clad uh, and having very uh, sexually aggressive uh, text emotes happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really bizarre thing. And it reminded me of like what people thought that online video games would be once upon a time. Right. Um, yeah. And in some ways they still are. Yeah. I mean, I remember the good old night elf lap dances in iron forge. Okay. It's been a, the MMOs are probably the place where people have the most freaky, weird um, sex type uh, in public stuff. Mm. Um, Hunter, what, what was the sexiest moment for you? Sexiest moment for me? Mm. Huh. Sexiest moment for me. Uh, I guess sexiest moment for me is all the uh, insanely 
ridiculously lewd Hades fan art that has come out of that game. I've never played it, and I don't understand it, but it does seem to make a lot of people really horny. So that's I'm happy for them that they mm-hmm. got that out of that video game. Um, yeah, there's, I'll, there's I'll, definitely like a there's a horniness to the to the original art. <laughs> And then I guess everyone just platformed up from there. Yeah. I mean, hey, <laughs> that's, you, that's how it goes, baby. It's the next logical step, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, second horniest moment, um, probably when Funky Kong had sex with uh, Candy Kong. I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing yeah. here. Okay. Um, well, yeah, you don't have to do two. Hunter's a sexy year. Is a sexy year. Hunter's reading excerpts uh, from his dream diaries. Answers. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, Fan art. Uh, this is what I drew of uh, Funky Kong. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> He's kind of just giving it to Candy right now. Uh, okay, anyways, I'll, I'll have you come on the Twitch stream where you can really show that stuff off. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, guys. Sexiest moment for me. What, now, originally I thought, well, what would what made what what would turn me on the most? And it was hard to really find the right one for that. So I thought, what was the moment where sex filled the air more than anything <laughs> this sucks and, <laughs> what, what was the moment that was the worst and and for me that moment was none other than the scene in call of duty black ops where fleshy ronald reagan appears <laughs> at the white house boardroom and every single member at that table gets a full-blown hard-on for him um they aren't just uh, inspired by this fleshy CGI rendering of Ronald Reagan. Mm. They are horny for him. They are turned on by daddy. And the tension, the sexual tension, everything about that scene is like, wow, I've never had, you know, six men uh, more horned up at, at, at a table. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it was the horn. It was the sexiest moment for me. I do think it's weird that there's an option to uh, press a button and smell Ronald Reagan's neck if you stand behind him. <laughs> and your character goes, Tricard Noir, nice. <laughs> if you own a 4D smell of this shit, <laughs> my God, the immersive mm-hmm. effects. Yeah, that, that's where things need to go. We need to augment our reality, not, not VR it. Yeah. That's the thing. I just want to start smelling stuff. We had um, 4D but, um, yeah. when smell vision was around, and now we don't. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, for me, the 4D technology was mainly at theme parks, right? Um, <laughs> now that those are all gone, yeah, that technology is yeah, <laughs> a, a bug's life in California Adventure. Oh, um, shit. Don't worry, I got it. Um, so next up, guys, what was the or, or should I say who was the worst game director of 2020 now we've had quite a few um botched projects in terms of how uh workforces have been treated um but you know overall who do you think was the most repugnant um industry leader that is very tough Hmm. i have so many (laughs) i have so many answers okay um i don't know i would say neil Druckmann. absolutely Okay. Um, well, you, have to, you have to pick one. Uh, this is tough. All right, I'll let you think about it. Lux, think. Well, who is your worst game director? Um, I just took this less as less as worst guy. Like I just did the worst job at directing a game is in what was the worst mm-hmm. directed game. And buddy, that's Sean Escague from the Marvel Avengers game. Oh my god! Uh, 
It sucks, man. Mm-hmm. One of the worst things that one of the somehow one of the worst things about this licensed game with a huge budget is the cutscenes. Uh, they look bad. They sound bad. They're directed and designed badly. The game levels themselves are all super repetitive and boring. Uh, sorry, Sean, but you ate shit big time on yeah. what should have been a pretty much a layup of a pretty fun game. <laughs> You hear that, Sean? I hope you feel like shit from your house in the hills, you fucking loser. Um, okay. Uh for me, well, obviously it was um it was it was really close. It was neck and neck to the finish line for this award between, you know, uh Neil Druckmann and CD Project Red. Now, I think it is interesting that most of us do not know who the who the director of of um cyberpunk is i think that's very funny and I, probably smart uh for them to not celebritize themselves as much and become as much of a target on their back whoever that person is um and, and so I, I was veering a little bit towards neil Druckmann um because because of sort of his um, his his sort of self uh, celebritized, um, you know, personality in the games industry. Um, I mean, literally in The Last of Us 2, there are like uh, people complaining about how like like in, there, there's like notes in the game about what a shitty like crunch guy he is. Um, and on top of that, he would do all these um, Neil would do all these gifts and memes on Twitter um, responding to his haters. Um, and it was very clear that he had his own game devs like like work on this, like to create these like in-game like memes and gifs for him to respond to people on Twitter with. So which was very funny in the context of people mad at him for overworking his labor. So he adds <laughs> another job to his labor to do to respond to those haters. That seemed to be pretty, pretty pervasive and evil. But then I thought. Well, both of these companies, uh, Naughty Dog and uh, CD Projekt Red, um, both mistreated their labor, but Neil actually released a game that still worked. And so at the end of the day, I think I'm going to have to give it to CD Projekt Red simply just for abusing their labor and then putting out the most bugged, broken AAA game that's still not even they're not even selling it right now like in in the in the at the end of this recording it is still not for sale for the ps4 now at this point uh, so i'm gonna give it to cd project do you want to know the name of the director that you just gave this award to i do uh that Adolf would be hitler that yeah it's a, <laughs> sorry yeah it's actually joseph goebbels no it's a uh, um, adam badowski congratulations to adam badowski come get your Kirk, award Kirk, it's very smart for him to not not release his name that often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, had to, I had to Google it. Yeah, like people are just mad at a company, and I think that's like very smart for him. Yeah, yeah a company that's getting sued by fucking investors. Unbelievable stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like Neil Neil Druckmann sort of flays himself out for the public uh, uh, in in grandiose ways. It might be more insidious to uh, what they're doing over there at CD Projekt Red. So, I tip my hat to you, worst game director. Uh, I already forgot your name, Adam Badowski. Hunter, it's your turn. Uh. Exactly the same thing you said about Neil Druckmann. My choice is Neil Druckmann. Um, the self-inserting is disgusting, in my opinion. Um, especially when you have not garnered the same uh, love and appreciation that directors who have done that in the past uh, are kind of entitled to. Like, 
Hideo Kojima is self-inserted to a game plenty of times, but Hideo Kojima has consistently put out very, very good games that, you know, it, like he's created one of the most successful franchises in video game history. So, like, if he gets a little pompous, that makes sense to me. Neil Druckmann has made uh, a very good video game, Last of Us, and then he made a pretty good video game that was the exact same thing, but just a little bit prettier which was last of us two. And I don't think, I just don't think that there's like the same community love for Neil Druckmann that there is for like other directors who are very good at what they do. So, um, I do think it's a little disgusting and in poor taste to be like putting superhero. Like he has like Marvel superhero cards of himself in the video game. And his like superpower is, like is writing people like his like his no his his superhero but it also is they also mention on the card that he's a piece of shit (laughs) well yeah but like i don't know i think make a good video game first and then let people it's like coming up with your own nickname you can't come up with your own nickname it's like we mentioned hitler but it's like hitler did not have a detached ironic sense of self like he knew what he was doing yeah Um, and i know it's i know we're not trying to relate everything to hitler but but um, neil Druckmann is hitler (laughs) that's Mm. sorry Mm-hmm. But you know, sorry, sorry. I'm gonna need two time machines. I got a lot of work. I gotta get rid of baby Hitler, and then I gotta go find baby Druckmann. Two time machines, two Hitlers to kill. You know, when you listen to Star Quest for Revenge, you gotta dig two Hitlers. Yeah. Um, so now, all of a sudden, you start respecting revenge stories and video games. Lux, interesting. Oh my um, god. Okay. So, guys. We've gone through um, we've gone through quite a, a list of topics here, um, and and I wanted to get to um, you know the most toxic moment. Okay, what was the most toxic thing that happened in games? This year, as we know, a large majority of gamers are irredeemable. They're deplorables um, and there's no going back for them. Um, what do you what what did we hear from the from the hordes uh, this year? That was just the worst. Um, I mean, I'll go first. It's just every everyone defending the Cyberpunk 2077 crunch. Mm, um, yes, and, and the, dark and the crunch itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was like. With the crunch is sort of like a part of the thing, and, and we know that. Um, but to sort of make a declaration that we're not going to do a crunch, do an insane crunch, put out the mm-hmm. game so fucked up afterwards that your company gets sued in a class action suit by its investors because mm-hmm. the game has been such a disaster. And, I, and I'm going to uh, win that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You got Johnny Cochran in your corner. Um, <laughs> if the glove fits, you have to give Griffin $100. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's just it was such a disaster. And the, the reason it's particularly toxic to me is that it really it, it perpetuated this discourse where crunch is the result of people who do the work not getting the work done fast enough as opposed to crunch being the result of bad management over ambitious project stuff sort of miscommunication uh-huh. um and again every single time this happens there are these people who get up and are just like well if they'd gotten the game done on time they wouldn't have had to crunch it out and it's like no so many other people were in charges and only these like working class folk or like worker like yeah workers on the project suffered 
Yeah, it's so annoying to hear from lazy video game slug people about how other people aren't working hard enough. It is such a it is such a, you know, uh, a harsh difference between like the people complaining who are just slug consumers and the people who being worked to death. Uh, and yeah, there really is no there is no understanding of that at all. Yeah. And so that's my um, most toxic moment. Yeah. I hated that whole shit. Hunter, how about you? Um, I think I hate to keep coming back to it, but I, I think the most toxic moment was probably the voice actors on <laughs> Last of Us 2 getting death threats mm-hmm. for playing yes. characters that yeah, killed main insane. characters. Um, I think that's pretty fucked up. And I, I, I don't know if that's 100 percent the fault of like. We just live in a very like. <sighs> Well, it was Twitter's so terrible. Like, it, it's just so fucking awful that you can like find people and just verbally assault them whenever you feel like. Uh, I mm-hmm. think I I think we would be fine without the internet. And there's this, but like, also in- people need to just like chill the fuck out. It's also a video game, and I'm sorry that a character that you really liked and it died, and they probably should have taken notes from other video games where I'm, the main character I, was I'm not, not in the video game. That. I'm not sorry about that at all. Because if you're sad about that, the character you liked, I'm telling you, you did not understand that character then if you're sad that he died. Because that man deserved to die. Sure. And it just fundamentally shows that you don't the character you like so much, you don't even understand. Well, I think and, I think it's a very noble thing to try and like give very good content okay we're this is going to come full circle right now i think it's very noble to try to make something very pretty and cinematic and thought-provoking and very intriguing for video gamers but i'd say a good 80 percent of them aren't fucking capable of putting those two (laughs) thoughts together like Mm -hmm. are just not able of being able to purely conceive that because the guy from the first one got killed and now I gotta fucking send a death threat mm-hmm. to the person in real life who plays that character. Mm-hmm. That was like, the craziest thing about that shit was the way all those threats were worded was like they blamed the actor for what the character they were voicing who they did not write ended up doing. Yeah. And also and also there was that there was sort of an there was sort of like an assumed reality to the actions as if like they're like this person took a, a real life yes yeah. like, <laughs> which it was, it, it's, it's fucking, not it's, it's fucking psychotic yeah it was it was like the feelings crossed the threshold of like understanding like what is what is not what is story and what is reality and it seemed like they were they were as upset as if like an uncle of theirs had died yeah. or something i mean the whole um the, the, just like and also like getting to watch the streamers play it for the first time and then just like Again, I think it's very noble to like try to do something very artistic in the the field of video games. And I I don't Mm. think that Last of Us 2 is necessarily the originators of doing something like that. I think a lot of indie games have been doing that for a very long time. But the reason why I think indie games are successful at doing it is because the people who are playing indie games are more inclined to play smaller name titles. When you have a AAA blockbuster, it's like... It, like it's it's like killing Spider-Man when they killed Spider-Man. People were fucking mad as shit. Like when they killed Han Solo, people were mad as shit. This is like a this is a triple A blockbuster. You have so many dummies that are going to play this thing. 
that you like you have to expect something like this is going to happen. I thought Last of Us 2 was was just going to be um was just going to be Joel just like killing doctors everywhere all across the world. But like, that's truly what people thought was going to yeah. happen. I, I that was just what I hoped was <laughs> like, the thing. I think that's what a lot of people like yeah, like dreamed this game would be. Yeah, people <laughs> thought that like you were just going to do one again and I I like I commend Last of Us 2 for like trying to break the mold here, but it it, it didn't do it in a whole lot of successful ways. And the, unfortunately, I think being a triple A title holds it back. But yeah, definitely the most toxic moment is the people who like can't understand that a video game could be different things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that it did a lot of successful things with its story and did take uh, risks and succeeded in a lot of them. And I would say maybe sometimes it's overindulgence sort of would it, it was its downfall a little bit, maybe six hours too long, but um, it likes to um, smell its own farts. It's that's I the entire I thing. It's it's <laughs> it, it, it is sections, but you can you, you, you can't you can't argue that there isn't um, uh, a story there that is um, way better than most other fucking. I mean, dude, compare this to the story of Uncharted 4. It doesn't even sure. come fucking close. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on, we've gone through. Oh, I, I got to do my toxic moment, which is also The Last of Us 2, <laughs> um, but for a different a different aspect of it this time. Now, I was very nervous about the the trans character in Last of Us 2. Um, I was nervous not only about the fans reception, but how the how the writers were going to handle it. And I found the trans character in Last of Us 2 to be um, very good. It didn't reek of the of the sort of box checking. Uh, oh, look, we added a trans person, a lesbian and a gay, you know, like it felt like a real character that was lived in had a conflict that was like near like that was like core to the character um and just got to be who they were a lot of the time uh, and not be solely identified um by the thing that makes them an other um but without forgetting it either so i think the game handled it pretty well what i did not expect was for people to not get that upset about the trans character but to claim that abby was the trans character for having muscles um, that was the most unexpected toxic thing that I could have never predicted. <laughs> that was a really bizarre um, twist. <laughs> but the bizarre twist is that Abby, one of the leads that ha is a very muscly character and who I've said on the show many times is incredibly sexy. Actually, that probably is the sexiest moment is Abby's muscles. Um, but no, everyone in, in, everyone in instantly said, oh, this woman with muscles, this is the trans character. Uh, and, and that blew my mind. That's that's what I'm fucking talking about. Like that's 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 the whole point is that I don't think I think it's very cool that we're like trying to do crazy things with the medium. I don't know if the people consuming the medium are there yet. Though. Oh, well, fuck it. They'll, then they'll then they'll come along, or they'll or will or there'll be new squadrons of people that will become fans of the thing. There you you go. shouldn't hold your back back your art because of the fucking you know uh, idiots um, on Twitter. And and let's also be clear: many, many, many people really like Last of Us Two. The loudest people that don't like it are the content creators yes. that get clicks from yes. saying it's bad. True. So you know we only really hear the loudest complaints at the end of the day this game sold a lot of copies and it did touch a lot of hearts but speaking of hearts as we wrap up this episode here we need to do the final the real one the game of the year wait are we skipping now, greatest not, controversy 
That was greatest controversy, wasn't it? I thought that was the most toxic moment. I'm 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 skipping stuff because it's we're at one ten and I gotta go. Uh, oh no, my um, Last of Us take. <laughs> well, sorry, we we got we spent the first fifteen minutes arguing about the Last of Us. Did yeah. you not have a Last of Us take on this po- episode yet? <laughs> well, I had a different was, one. This was controversy. You have twenty seconds. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. We don't have to do it. Well, you just wasted it. You why are you complaining? You I just said you could do it, and now you're saying you don't want to do it. So this is all wasted time just, now. Because if I only have twenty seconds, I'm not going to get it across, and you're going to complain about me wasting time. Then why bring it up? Because I didn't think. You were gonna set an arbitrary twenty second time limit. Okay, game of the year, Hunter. Let's go. <laughs> uh, my oh, I can't think of a game of the year. You guys, give me two minutes to decide. Hunter, game of the year. Hunter I'm just didn't fill out any I'm of kidding, the questions kidding, kidding, I sent him. Um, Doom Eternal. I think Doom Eternal was really good. Nice. And I think a real runner up would be Among Us, purely on the fact that it, so many people played it. It felt very culturally important for. A couple months. I don't know if the same amount of people are playing it, but it was really great to like see your friends again in quarantine and stuff. But as an actual video game, that is good. I think Doom Eternal was very underrated this year. I think it was a, I think it was a really excellent game that kind of harked back to like games should be hard and you should feel good when you succeed in beating them. Almost like, you know, like Dark Souls is hard. And then when you beat a boss in Dark Souls, like you, you feel like you're a fucking god at video games. And Doom Eternal kind of captures that too, where it's like it it was a very hard game, especially it was a lot different than the the one that came out in 2016. But then once you start understanding how the game plays, it feels amazing. It's like one of the best shooters I've ever played in my entire it looks, life. It looks really solid. And, and, and if anything, it, it, it looks it looks like if I describe it, pure video game. Yes. And with none, of, none of the accoutrement or or lofty hangers on, you know, elements that new age games try. It simply is at its core a competent and fun video game. I mean, it's it. There is a story, but the story is a video game story. You're the most badass guy in the entire universe and you have to stop the world from ending. Um, Mm -hmm. There's fun little flavor stuff in between there. Like there's like audio recordings and stuff like that, but it doesn't really detract from like run fast, shoot everything. That kind of gameplay uh, loop. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Nice. Yeah, um, well, on my great. end, I would have to say that my game of the year is without a doubt Bug Snacks. Okay. It is 10 out of 10 game of the year. Now, <laughs> I sort of, when I saw this game sort of first announced, I sort of ironically said that it would be really, really good. And then turns out it was. I mean, this game sort of combines some of my favorite types of games. It feels a little bit like Pokemon Snap meets Ape Escape meets sort of the collect-a-thon of a, of a normal Pokemon game as well. Um, except that each uh, of these bug snacks is its own puzzle in how you try to capture it. So as opposed to, you know, in a Pokemon game, you just find them in the grass and you beat the shit out of them until you put them in a ball. 
each one of the bug snacks has unique properties of how you catch it. Um, and, and so it becomes this game where it's sort of this like unlimited amount of different sort of puzzle mechanics that keep layering on top of each other. Um, and, and, and that's just the mechanics. It's also, uh, the tone is, is one of my favorite types because on its surface, it is sort of a, a joyous, silly kids game, but right under the surface, there is an imminent darkness um, that implies something far, far deeper going on that keeps your mind sort of pull, pulling and sort of trying to pick apart at the mystery of this island and what all of this really means. And it ends with a finale crescendo that was jaw dropping, um, spiritually fulfilling. And I felt like I became uh, just a fuller, more happier person after playing the game. <laughs> Nice. Well, and that makes me so happy to hear. That's great. That's great to hear about bug snacks. It's uh, so good. My my game of the year uh, is going to be Hades for sure. Um, I think that game is insanely fun. I love the art. I like the music a lot. I really, I thought that it had did a really good job of being a really fun roguelike while still not getting into. Sometimes with roguelikes, I get this like hamster wheel feeling that I'm just like running in place. Like I'm not really advancing meaningfully for long stretches. Um, and uh, Hades does a really good job of not making you feel that way. And it is hard in the way you were describing Hunter, where it's like beating it feels like you've accomplished a real challenge because the game is hard. It is hard to beat it. Um, and so it is, I don't know. I really, I thought it was really great. thought it was super fun. I really enjoy all the different ways you could approach it. Uh, I thought the art's very funny. I thought the style is very cool. I like, I love all those fucking super giant games. Um, and this is just another fucking banger from a studio that does nothing but bangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is the banger studio. Um, and uh, it was a banger year, guys. I mean, you know, for all the pros and cons for the worsts and the bests of the year, we can I think all three of us agree that um, <laughs> real world over video game world forever. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a big a big jump into the you know, the big boy pool for video games. <laughs> and and even here on our on our very small podcast, I do feel like I have more responsibility and clout than ever because we are sort of informed professionals ushering in you know the rest of humanity into uh, phase two um, of, of of you know of gaming. Not just any uh, informed professionals, but the number seventy two ranked uh, comedy podcast informed professionals in the great nation of Croatia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they just received their first GameCube, so they're very excited <laughs> every time they listen to the goodbye, podcast. Uh, goodbye, Croatian <laughs> listeners. It was wonderful <laughs> to have you for last week. Um, and, but they still also have uh, Blockbuster, where you can rent the GameCube. So there's they're doing better than us. Mm. Uh, I'm sure they're all. I'm sure they're all at a concert right now. I'm sure they're fine over yeah, there, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. They probably handled COVID <laughs> a lot better. Uh, but Hunter, we want to thank you for joining us on our annual breakdown of the year. We really couldn't do it without you. Is there anything that you want to say or plug here at the end? Uh, no, not nothing crazy. Just crazy year. I felt like I just did this like two months ago with you guys, and here <laughs> I, I am doing wow. it yeah. again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just a weird year and um, hoping for a better one next year. Better video games, less controversy and uh, less people on Twitter taking shit so fucking seriously. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I hope you guys have a, a healthy year as well going forward. Whoa. 
Oh. Whoa. That's it. This is Griffin. <laughs> That's all I got. Griffin stunned silence <laughs> from a small gesture of kindness. <laughs> um, Griffin, you got anything you want me to go? Should I go do it? No, nah, I'm I'm done. I want to thank everyone for listening. Stay strong. We got a we you know, we we only have 10 more years of this pandemic and uh and we got this. Yeah. Um about the same. Everyone have a good new year. Have fun. Uh I'll plug stuff next time, but this time just remember to check out Haley's stuff where you can say hi to her at uh, Eat Every Sound on YouTube and Instagram, but otherwise say hi to us. Have a good time. Have a good new year and uh survive the pandemic if you dare. Mhm.